You're going to keep quiet. Well, this is going to be fun. All right. Thirsty Thursday. No. <laughs> what? You got any jokes for the uh, the guest? Yes. What are you, what are you working you on? You want to go get him, Rook? I, I'll go get him. Rook's got to get set up. I got to get set up. First, I got to finish my lunch. <laughs> Pesto chicken pasta, Johnny. Oh, Real good. No, I, I don't remember me and chicken and pasta don't go together. Oh, that's it's right. Not, it's not allowed. You're a communist. It's not allowed. Man, I wish I knew how to make pesto. I love pesto. Pesto? You can buy it. I mean, it's everywhere. I know, but it's always expensive. Oh, it's not that bad. Come on. Spend some of that money, you cheapskate. I am a cheap ass. You really are. All right. Do, do, do. BRB, fellas. BRB. Bob's Radio Basics. Oh. Or be right back. Be right back. <laughs> AF, AFK. AFK? Uh, Away from keyboard. Ah. Uh, I don't know any of these. What the hell? <laughs> I'm old. I've got a whole. Please tell me I saved it. Yeah. I've got two pages of these. <laughs> That I'm w- ready to spring on Joe at any time. I've had this list for about six months right now. That's beautiful. LMK. L- don't know. Let me know. Oh, okay. BAE. Uh, don't know. Before anyone else. I C Y M I. I know this one. I C Y M I is I. Uh, I used to know that one. What is it? In case you I missed teach, it. Yeah, that's what it is. We could go on like this all day. This would be a crabby topic that I would be ashamed about, and it would make me not fall asleep that night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. <clears throat> but think of the service you'd be doing for your listeners, Kenny. You know, what's that say about them if they miss that crap? I got it. Did I tell you I got one yesterday too? John, there's so many better podcasts that do kind of what we did, only way, way, way better. What's the point? Come on. Here, let me let me read it to you. Only because he only because he likes me. That's why I'm going to read it to you. Hi, John. The only reason I don't like your news is because of the long rookie ad that's in it, and then I see the end of the show coming. I love the idea of news at the Krabby Coffee Shop when you guys use the weird news stories. I always listened. Anyway, I bought you a beer once, and I'm glad that I did. I might not always agree with you, but I always respect your perspective. Well, that was I know, nice. I don't know where he bought me a beer, though. I wonder. I Maybe at the fair? At the what, fair? Where we put him? All-Star where, game, yeah, maybe? Right the guy who bought me at the All-Star game when it was here. Oh, maybe. He walked by me in my aisle and said, hey, aren't you? And I said, yeah. <laughs> And he brought me back a beer. Oh, well, that was very gentlemanly. It was. What am I deleting here? Oh, that. Yep. Come on in. 
Here's Ruck and here's Hi. Joe. Hey, Mikulski, Ruck, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Come on in. Hi, Dan. Joe, nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah, we got a chair for you over here. On this one. Oh, that one there? Yeah. All right. You're going to solve all problems. <laughs> if only it was that easy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm hopefully going to tell you about some things. And yeah. Tell the listeners about some things that they might not be aware of. Uh, uh, your headphones are there. They're not the best, but that black <laughs> knob that's right there is your headphones. <clears throat> so just adjust it as you need to. Okay. And then Kenny and John are with us, but they're on. They're behind you on that screen right there. Because <laughs> those louts never come in here anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> as recently as January, Alpha News had a piece saying Minnesota is among the worst states for election integrity. Uh, yeah, actually, um, I was that's one of the points that I was going to raise is uh, the Heritage Foundation had uh, produced a report that showed Minnesota recently dropped eight rankings in their list of states for election integrity. We're now in the bottom 10. So I think that that. <laughs> We're actually we're five we're five places away from the bottom of the list. With Who's election. the last in the country? Uh, well, the actually, Washington D.C. is the very last. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, the irony there. Fitting. Jeez. Um, here, I'll you got about up. twenty minutes, thirty minutes. I got as much time right. as you want. When I've done these Love before, it. it can it can go on for a while. There's well, we're not going to let it go on forever, but we're going <laughs> to. Um, Joe, what? We can even start. Uh, a couple of minutes early, if you'd we like. We should. Um, I'm going to go through ads. I need, you need Fred. You need Fratelloni's, and I need Renewal by Anderson, the entire ad, please. Kenny, in addition to Schoons, I need Maple Grove Lock and Safe. How long have we been on the uh, uh, council? Did, was uh, that five minutes, 58 seconds. So all that stuff we said about Krabby? Yeah, that was, was on? all on the council, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't in here. I didn't talk did about I, it. I thought I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's not your fault, Chris. It's me and not paying attention. I know. I know better. Okay. Kenny, Rock. nobody cares. Come on. Um, the case, Dan, you're a lawyer. I'm not. Oh. I've been involved in a lot of lawsuits for political reasons, but okay. I'm not an attorney. But the, you, you encountered this other Dan McGrath. Uh, yes. That, I don't think that's my guy. Well, I think there's a lot of you around. Uh, there's there's three pretty, Dan McGrath? Wow. Well, you know, it's, it's Daniel Patrick McGrath. It doesn't get a lot more Irish than that. I'm no. a Danny boy. There's a lot of Danny boys running around. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, the Dan McGrath that I know worked for Take Action Minnesota. He's a pretty extreme left winger, formerly with uh, America Coming Together. That's not my guy. I was say, I, maybe you are buddies with him. No, my guy's a <laughs> right winger. That shocked me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I debated this guy, and yeah. I found him to be a, kind of a smarmy. Um, <laughs> no, that's, not my, that's a different damn McGrath. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear. Are we ready? Uh, I am about to start this award-nominated program. Joe. What? Rolling. Bradaloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,256. The uh, the rare date of Feb 29, 2024, 61 degrees on this day in the uh, year 2000, and it was 10 below on this day in 1884. Hail the flashlight, King! Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop. 
John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. We're joined in the studio by Dan McGrath, who is an election. How did you become an election guru, savant, uh, expert? Uh, well, it was never my intention. I was hired to do some writing and research at a nonprofit organization called Minnesota Majority back yeah. in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the summer of 2008, one of my projects I was working on was just doing survey calls of registered voters on the issues that were important to them for that election year. Mm-hmm. Uh, our surveys, uh, our, our volunteers who were conducting the surveys kept coming up to me after making a call and saying, well, this is weird. Uh, they answered the phone and said the guy I'm calling died 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. according to the voter registration files, what we were using to make the calls, he voted in the last election. Okay. So uh, with a large data set like the statewide voter, voter registration system, there are going to be some errors. That just happens. Right. To be expected. But there were so many of them over the course of this project that we became concerned. All right. You authored a book called The Voter Fraud Manual. Yes, You've I did. contributed to books written by uh, John Fund of the Wall Street Journal, for example. Yes. Uh, and what, if you had to define what you do for a living, what would it be? Um, well, <laughs> I've I've been a nonprofit executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a communications director. Uh, right now, I'm self-employed as far as politics go. Right. Uh, I run a couple of websites. Everything I'm going to talk about about today is. Uh, available at electionintegritywatch.org. So okay. there's uh, documentation of everything I'll discuss right at that website. And you're a GLer. Absolutely. I've been listening since the 90s. In fact, this is the first show I ever called for really? a radio show. Really? Yeah. Well, here's then you know perfectly well that the, the GL operating theme, uh, and it needs, it needs, it needs your clarification. I just think that voting used to be a charming, rock-solid demonstration of America uh, when we were either honored or had the privilege to go to the polls and vote. And it was simple. It was understandable. And then something happened. Uh, It got all bollocksed up. And and to me, it's Terribly confusing, and and people say, well, all of all of what's happened has been to make it easier for people to vote, which I've always contested. There are some exceptions, but how easy are you supposed to make it? And that's the GL theory. What the hell happened? Well, yeah, that's the eternal argument in the election integrity debate is easy to vote or hard to cheat. Mm-hmm. Now, it's my opinion that you can do both. You can make it easy to vote. It's already easy to vote. You know this. We mm-hmm. all know this. Yeah. Uh, but it's not hard to cheat in Minnesota. And over the years, um, it wasn't a sudden thing. It's been a gradual encroachment on the integrity of our election system where every single legislative session, the Secretary of State's office usually brings forward a bill that's like a housekeeping bill. Technical changes to keep up with the times, to keep up with new technology that's been introduced or whatever. But in those bills... They always include some way to loosen up some nut or bolt that was put in place to ensure the integrity of our election process. Mm -hmm. So gradually over many, many years, ever since Mary Kiffmeyer left the Secretary of State's office Mm -hmm. and Mark Ritchie was elected, he was the poster child of George Soros' project, Secretary of State project. Mm So they, and what they, was the purpose of that project by George Soros? The Secretary of State project, George Soros figured out that— 
it's expensive to run an election campaign for congressmen and, and senators and for president, but an overlooked office that's in charge of elections is the secretaries of state's offices mm-hmm. across the country. So he funded the election of candidates, very, very progressive candidates in many states, and Mark Ritchie was his first success. Mm-hmm. Uh, so George Soros' money was largely behind putting him in office, and they had an agenda. And the agenda was to loosen up our election system and the way that they have progressively done. Well, I believe they think it's to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just that simple. Um, so we, when we were attempting to amend Minnesota's constitution to get um, voter ID required for everybody to vote. Right. Tell that story. That's interesting. Well, what I heard all the time on the campaign trail... Uh, trying to get that ratified. And this is recently. This is 2012. This was 2012. 2012. Dayton, yep. Dayton was president. Uh, I'm sorry. Mark Dayton was <laughs> Thankfully, governor. <Yeah. laughs> Thankfully, uh, he hadn't made it that far. Dayton the was governor. Yet. He was. Uh, yes. So we, we had um, that year drafted a pretty extensive election reform bill on the Republican side, which usually doesn't happen. Election bills almost always come from the Democrat side. Right. But we had an 83-page bill that was designed to introduce a photo ID requirement along with a lot of updates that would require um, electronic poll books in the polling place for instant verification of a voter's eligibility and to speed up the lines and the help registration process. Um, Ultimately, it was passed by both chambers of the legislature, but Governor of Dayton vetoed it. Why? Uh, He said it didn't have broad bipartisan support. Sounds like it did. Um, well, it it didn't. Okay. <laughs> it passed on a pretty much party line vote. We believed we were going to have some Democrats vote for it in the House, but in the end, they got their arms twisted and they didn't end up voting for it. Uh, so it was a partisan bill. Uh, and the standard at that time had been set by Governor Tim Pawlenty, who said he wouldn't sign any election bill that didn't have broad bi- bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. So Mark Dayton just echoed those words, okay. and that was his excuse to veto the bill. But we had a majority in the in the legislature in both the House and the Senate that year. So we were able to get a constitutional amendment put, put together for the following election cycle in 2012. So we did that. Uh, and in, in the course of that campaign, I kept hearing from the other side that this is a solution in search of a problem. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, well, you're trying to fix a problem that isn't there. And this is what you're saying about our election systems now, right? It's not broken when they keep trying to fix it. Yeah, we were fixing something that was never broken. Well, right. And all, I mean, if you go back into American history, we can find problems. Well, I can but tell not, you about a lot of them. Sure. Right, sure. Right. And, and, and it's not just in history. They're still going on. Some of the things, some of the more egregious things from the past mm-hmm. are being replicated in our modern era. Mm-hmm. Like um, Ike Brown, for example, in Mississippi. It's kind of like um, Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard, right? <laughs> you nice reference. Oh, Love okay. it. <laughs> Let's talk Dukes. Glad Rookie likes to reference any <laughs> TV pop culture from the 70s and 80s, right? Yes. yes. Um, so Boss Hogg, when you watch that show, it looks ridiculous. You couldn't believe that just one guy could be in charge of a whole county and run up in such a corrupt manner. Mm-hmm. But it happens. Mm-hmm. It absolutely happens. And that was the case of Ike Brown in Mississippi who was finally ousted from his position being in charge of primary elections in uh, Noxaby County mm-hmm. after decades of corruption, where he was um, placing his men in polling places to provide voter assistance, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. to people. So he would go, he would send his goons into the voting booth with people that came in to make sure they voted the right way. Mm-hmm. Where's well, the fail-safe for that, though? Shouldn't there always be a fail-safe that that can't happen? Well, there should be, and a big part of it is you're supposed to have bipartisan observers in polling places. 
And in Minnesota, we have had that pretty effectively up until recently. When, when we have one day of voting, then it's possible for the political parties to get volunteers to go and watch all the polling places to call uh, poll challengers. Mm -hmm. And when you stretch it out over two weeks and you're asking people to volunteer to be at polling places that sometimes are temporary and have different hours, they just pop up randomly, it's impossible to staff these poll challengers in our polling places for early voting. So they've, they've eliminated basically the opportunity for the parties to be observers in the election process. Let's stick to Minnesota. Okay. Is there a problem right now in Minnesota? Huge problem. What is it? Um, so if you just look at the the system that we have, that is a combination of no photo ID required right. to register or to vote and election day registration. You can register to vote on election day in Minnesota. Why is Never, that? Is that a bad thing? Well, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's in how you do it. Okay. Uh, our our state, unlike 44 other states in the country, doesn't use provisional ballots. Now, provisional ballots are required by federal law unless you have a really weird election system in your state, which we do. So we get an exemption from provisional ballots. What those are is a second chance ballot. Mm -hmm. If you show up and you don't have ID or you can't prove that you live in the precinct or something like that, the provisional ballot would be a way for you to vote and then have it verified later. So if you can come back later and show ID, then your vote would end up getting counted. But it's set aside until they verify that you are who you say you are and that you're eligible. We don't do that. So with election day registration, there is no way to verify anything about a voter until long after their vote has been cast. All right. So we have same-day registration. We do. And no identification is required to register on election day. All you need is someone to vouch for you. You get someone in the precinct, hey, can you vouch for me? But hey. the person vouching for you has to demonstrate they're in the precinct. They, the person vouching for you has to be registered in that precinct. All right. Um, but we've seen this process abused deliberately and uh, on an industrial scale in the past. Uh, America Coming Together, Students Organizing for America, the Wellstone Campaign have all been observed planting people in polling places wearing name tags that identify them as someone that will vouch for you. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have a part-time job, I work evenings as a chauffeur. Mm -hmm. And when I go to the airport and I want to meet somebody, I hold up a sign so they can find me. Mm -hmm. But if I know who I'm picking up at the airport, I don't need that sign. Do mm -hmm. I? I'm going to recognize the person. So why would you need a name tag to identify yourself as a vouch person if mm -hmm. you're vouching for people that you know? Mm -hmm. So it becomes pretty obvious there that the scam is they're just going to vouch for strangers. Oh which is illegal. So it's a felony, but these organizations got away with it for, for decades. Like this, mm. this goes back to at least as far back as Wellstone, probably further because the system is ripe for abuse when you combine election day registration with vouching. That's where the big problem comes in. Now, I am a person who really likes to have concrete numbers. I like proof. I like evidence. Mm -hmm. When people start running around saying, I have absolute proof of a stolen election, you better have some absolute proof. Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise, I'm going to discount that. Uh, after the 2008 election, for example, we obtained a copy of the statewide voter registration system with some additional data and analyzed it and found that over 6,000 election day registrants in that very momentous election when um, Franken beat Norm Coleman by 312 votes in the end, mm -hmm. 6,000 election day registrants provided addresses that didn't check out after the fact. Mm -hmm. So they mailed them postcards to verify their address, and they came back as undeliverable mail. 
we sent volunteers around to go and investigate those properties. We found parks, warehouses, uh, industrial facilities. Wow. Uh, they were non-residential addresses in many cases. Where are you on the uh, Trump belief that he was, that the election was rigged for Biden? Where are you on that? Well, that's where I'm talking about evidence. Mm-hmm. I want to see solid evidence. Now, I haven't done there the research any. for a nationwide right. election. But I look at the numbers and I say, you know, is it likely that Joe Biden got more votes for president than anyone in history? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem likely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's probably some problems there. And I know our elections are holy. There there are gaps in the security of our system. So fraud, fraud happened. Mm-hmm. Sure. How much fraud? Mm-hmm. Was there enough fraud to uh, manipulate the results of the Electoral College? Mm-hmm. No idea. Mm-hmm. And and at this point, it was the, the, the amount of research it would take to figure that out with certainty is mm-hmm. astronomical. So I would never. Uh... <laughs> but Dan, yeah, based upon what you've just told us in the first 12 minutes, wouldn't it be safe to assume that it's probably not just happening here? No, Minnesota? absolutely not. No, it's happening everywhere for sure. But Minnesota is based the upon worst that, the, uh, the most recent presidential election, I guess, is what I was referring to. Would it be a safe assumption to say? Because you said the, the, the lack of evidence, I guess. Uh, yeah, what happens in Minnesota certainly is happening elsewhere. Oh no question. Uh, but our, we remember, we're close to the bottom of the list for election integrity. So some states have much better systems than we have. Uh, now, what I advocate for is replacing our election day registration system with one that uses the computer technology that we now have in a lot of polling places. Have you guys voted with poll books? Or you just yes. Instead of the old roster books, they had to flip through and sign on the line. That's what I still do. Really, yeah. you still have a roster? Yeah. Have you seen the poll books? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. well, electronic poll books are deployed in most places around the state now. And they have the capability of using those. So you can just swipe your ID on it. Mm-hmm. It'll validate your identification instantly. That it's a real, real ID. I don't have that. No. And uh, it has the capability then of instantly verifying that you're not on any lists of challenged voters, like the people who had their postcards returned as undeliverable. They're put on a list to be challenged for the next election. Prior to this past legislative session, if you were convicted of a felony, you were going to be ineligible to vote until you were off paper. So if you were or non-citizens or if you've been adjudicated by a court as being uh, mentally incompetent to vote, they can have a list loaded into the computers that instantly checks. Mm. Is this guy eligible? Is his ID valid? And uh, that would really do a lot to uh, make our election day registration more secure. Are both parties involved in mischief? Yes. Yes. Um, I, then why do we always lose? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, here, here's the problem that we have. Do we want to live in a society where we're governed by the party that cheats the best? No. Because we are. Uh, I would say, yeah, some Republicans cheat and sometimes they get caught. But my experience, this is not coming from a place of partisanship. This is my God's honest observation. Mm-hmm. The majority of this comes from the left, especially mm-hmm. on the industrial scale. Mm. When I was talking about the vouching, the vouching fraud that was done with people wearing name tags mm-hmm. in the polling place, American Coming Together, left-wing organization funded by George Soros, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, the Wellstone campaign, of course, that's Democrat campaign. Now, I don't, I don't think the Wellstone himself was a particularly you know corrupt person. He, mm-hmm. I think he was a very, very honest man, but mm-hmm. he had people working for him that probably weren't mm-hmm. uh, because that's part of the Democrat machine. This is just how they operate, and that's why they oppose so vehemently measures like photo ID. What? Why, why oppose photo ID? Well, as I say, that's the reason. Uh, the real reason is because they believe they benefit from the status quo. 
um, the scam that America pulling to, or America coming together pulled with their vouchers in the polling place wouldn't work anymore if you had an ID requirement. Um, you know, of course, they they make excuses, but I find the excuses offensive. What so the, world does George Soros want? What what is his end game? Well, it appears that he wants chaos. What? How would that benefit him to become even more enriched by capitalizing and buying up the dollar when it's all when we're in chaos? Yeah, I think I mean, he's already. I don't know how much money he can take. I think there's um, both economic gain and political gain uh, to be had with chaos in uh, in any country that you want to uh, foment. Yeah, but you'd end up with a lousy country. <laughs> well, for us. For right. the regular guys. For right. the guys that live in the gated communities and fly around in Gulf Streams, they're not going to be noticing that. Okay. They live in a whole different world. Yeah. So, yeah, no problem to them. They don't care what happens to us. What if I vote for a guy? What if I've already voted for Biden and uh, he dies between now and the election? Do I get to vote again? Well, that's part of the problem with um, with early voting. Oh, it's a terrible problem. <laughs> the new information can come to light. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a scandal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the candidate died. Once with early voting, once your ballot is in the system, it's counted instantly. There's no retrieving it. So if new information comes to light on election day. You, not all voters are voting with the same information. Basically, um, I see that as as a problem. But another problem with um, early voting is we eliminate that partisan oversight. There are no citizen election judges anymore. Mm-hmm. There are no partisan or candidate poll challengers in the polling place monitoring what's going on. It's just not possible. It's too too widespread mm-hmm. to, to cover all those positions. So you end up with uh, our government being in charge of counting our ballots, and that's a very un-American way to go about our democracy. Dictatorships use centralized vote counting, where they can monitor in, internally and control all the, the results. In an open democracy, our citizens do the counting and the tallying and the verifying and the observing, and we have bipartisan observation of everything's going on so we can all say there's no shenanigans so we agree there's no shenanigans because i was there watching and you were there watching and we both know and that's eliminated with um early voting early eliminates voting. that it does now absentee voting is a little bit different it used to be that if you submitted an absentee ballot and changed your mind you could show up in the polling place and override your ballot but that all changed after the coleman franken election in 2008 because absentee ballots were a big part of what flipped that so they decided we're not going to count absentee ballots in the polling places anymore. We're going to centralize that. And they created these ballot boards, which is a whole other fixing a problem that, that wasn't there. Uh, it creates more complexity, more opacity, and, uh, and eliminates the ability in many cases for um, citizen oversight. Can you stay with us through this break? Absolutely. We're with Dan McGrath. We'll be back in just a moment. You know, based upon the first 19 and a half minutes, I can't wait to send the government more money. Um, So that's why I urge you, like three-fifths of the GL staff, to contact Linda Keller and Keller Tax Services. If you go to her website, kellertaxservice.com, there you can book your appointment, but you can also get updated on all the latest and the greatest uh, updates as far as tax information. And it doesn't matter whether you are a business owner, individual, it doesn't matter. She takes care of all types of returns for all types of people, including people that don't even live in the state of Minnesota. Yes, if you're a GLer and you live in Phoenix or whatever, Linda can take care of you. So please do me a favor, book your appointment today or just reach out to her if you have any type of tax questions. 
KellerTaxService.com. Book that appointment and please let her know that you heard about her here on the Garage Logic Podcast. This is uh, I'm I'm stunned. This is dreadful. Well, you sent me down a rabbit hole regarding George Soros, and I've now composed an email with about six links for you, Joe, on the (laughs) evil that George Soros has been doing back through mm, about 2014, including increasing the voting pool by bringing in illegals, all the way up to his most recent which is hiring uh, young kids to get on TikTok and spout the benefits of um, of uh, Biden and the left. It, it's really something. What I've read in the last 20 minutes is just stunning. I'm ready. And I'll send it all to you at the end of the show. You're what? I, I'm ready if you guys are. Yeah, let's go. Kenny, do you want to give me a Maple Grove here? Uh, yeah. Okay. Go I'm, ahead. I'm rolling. Truth, justice, and the suturee. You'll always get a little something, something extra from Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe when you purchase the world's best safe, the Liberty. And you don't need a coupon here. There's no secret handshake or a backroom deal. Just stroll on in, boldly stroll in, and tell Rich that you're a resident of Gumption County. Next thing you know, you're going to be set up with something you absolutely need like free installation of an electrical accessory kit. You buy it, Rich slaps it in for free. No big deal. And then no matter what else is going on uh, in the showroom there, no matter what the other sales are, Rich will always give GLers 15% off Liberty Quick Combination and Key Vaults. Every home that has a handgun needs one of these. You can get into them really quick. Um, and I'm talking two different kinds here, quick combination or key vaults. You need those. Liberty Safe, of course, the best made right here in the U.S., best warranty in the business, best personal security protection in the country. Log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Take the test. You're going to find out which safe serves you the best. Then get a hold of Rich. Uh, you can call him on the phone if you wish. That's a bit old school, but it's okay. 763 328 Stop in the shop, easy to find, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. But get the whole thing started. The process started the ball rolling by going to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. We're with Dan McGrath, and he's been invited in because we've driven him crazy <laughs> as he as he has listened to the show over the years. He's the author of the Voter Fraud Manual. He is the communications director for Minnesota Voters Alliance. He has lobbied and testified before the legislature. And uh, I'm hearing from you, Dan, absolutely nothing hopeful. So thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that puts me on the spot to try to come up with something positive, I suppose. Um, I do believe that when I go to the polls on election day and I make my vote and I slip it into the machine there, I believe that's counted. I believe that. Well, I do too. Yeah. But it may be diluted. That's by... not what I'm now hearing. I feel like I need to take a shower. <laughs> well, it is It is a pretty dirty business, uh, elections in our country, um, particularly in Minnesota. Um, you know, we always hear about the dead voting in Chicago and things mm-hmm. like that. But I, I would um, contend that Minnesota is much, much worse than Illinois has ever been. Wow. For our election system. Um, 
So we got and we have a, a giant goal for us. <laughs> we have a giant problem with transparency as well. Now, the, the research that we did to find the PBC card returns, and then before that, we discovered ineligible felons and voted over a thousand in the 2008 election. Remember, Colin Franken was decided by 312 votes. So we got a thousand ineligible felons voting, and six thousand people used addresses that didn't check out after the fact. It, it becomes pretty apparent that that election could have gone the other way mm-hmm. without some shenanigans. And that election ended the filibuster of Obamacare mm-hmm. and brought that into being. It wouldn't have been. If Cuomo had been reelected, Obamacare wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So it's very momentous, a very, very significant result uh, with profound consequences to the country from that one election that was decided by 312 votes. So even if voter fraud's a small number overall, it can have these impacts. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of look at it as um, the house advantage. When you go to Vegas, if you're playing blackjack, the, the house advantage in that is only about a half percent to one and a half percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. But on that tiny little sliver of a margin, they built those palaces on the strip. Right. You know, they didn't build all those huge casino hotels with fountains and fireworks and holograms and whatever by losing. Mm-hmm. That, little, that little margin is enough to make the difference over time with enough transactions. So even if fraud is a small number, the side that cheats the best is going to end up winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we have to really squash it, bring it down to the minimum we possibly can. John Hyde. Dan, i got a question for you. Uh, does, in your, the way you look at elections and the way you look at these things, does, do people who over amplify stuff that maybe isn't true is the best way I'll put it. And I'm thinking of course of Donald Trump, Carrie Lake, et cetera. Does that cause harm or does it help what we're trying to fix? It causes harm. If, you, if you're if uh, you an amateur voter fraud investigator, which I once was when I first began this, <laughs> I made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. I analyzed data incorrectly. I went to the press with things that were wrong, and it was embarrassing, and it was harmful to the cause overall. Now, that was a learning experience for me, and I learned to be very, very careful with my data, double-check, triple-check, everything, rock solid before I release anything to the public. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think if you if you come out with, uh, if you're crying wolf over something that you think looks suspicious, mm-hmm. if you don't really understand the election system well enough, if you don't understand the data you're dealing with, you absolutely can do harm mm-hmm. to my cause of trying to improve the integrity of our elections because then people poo-poo these efforts to, mm-hmm. like, enact photo ID. Yeah, yeah it, it comes across as people throwing stuff at the wall just to yeah. see what sticks, I think. And I'm not just, I am talking about those two specifically, but also it happened in 2016. The Democrats did the same thing to some extent uh, with the Hillary Clinton thing. It's uh, funny how the losers always complain about. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah. Right. But sometimes it's true. Yeah. Voter so, ID uh, solve integrity problems? It solves a lot. Uh, I think that's the first step. First thing you got to do is identify who the voter is. And then that enables us to do these kind of checks to see, are they also eligible? Do they live in the precinct that they say they live in? They're not bouncing around from place to place and trying to cast more than one ballot. It's all tied to identity first. It's terribly terribly obvious that the resistance to the voter ID is to benefit the party in power. That's exactly how I see it. Now, the other side has said they've come up with these nonsensical excuses for why they oppose it because they have to have some reason to say to the public, right? So they say, well, voter ID is racist. It's going to suppress well, how is it African-American well, voters. How? How? Well, this this shows their racism. Every, they... <laughs> everybody can have a everybody can have an ID. Of course. It's not difficult to get 
And with the voter ID amendment, well, the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court weighed in on Indiana's voter ID law, Mm -hmm. they found it perfectly constitutional as long as identification would be provided at no charge to voters. Otherwise, it could be construed as a poll tax if you have to pay to get something to vote. Right. So uh, every state in the country that has a voter ID law also requires free identification to be made available. And Minnesota's proposed uh, House File 210 in um, 2011 and the voter ID amendment in 2012 provided that free identification. Now, if you're in a situation where ID is hard to get, Mm -hmm. getting one is going to help you. Mm -hmm. It will help you get a job, open a bank account, rent an apartment, whatever. If you don't have ID, you need it. Mm -hmm. You can't get by in society without it. And the idea that, you know, a certain race of people is less capable of getting ID is just offensive on its face. Yes, it is. But that's what they presented as their main argument against it. How many states have voter ID laws? Um, It varies the degree, like how strict they are. But 34 have some kind of ID law. And we have zero. Right, exactly. No requirement at all. Now, we've got, we have the appearance of it. Now, this is where uh, John Height and I had kind of a, a lengthy, <laughs> I won't say argument, we had a discussion uh-huh. uh, about this. Um, the, he had presented, this is what first raised my ire, the, the notion that you do need ID in Minnesota, at least to register to vote. Mm-hmm. And it looks like that if you just read the, the literature. Mm-hmm. It says to register to vote, show your photo ID, and mm-hmm. then when you show up to vote, you don't necessarily need ID again, but you did to register. Right. But the trick is, unless, show your ID unless... You don't have one. Mm-hmm. And then there's no further requirement except for someone to say, yeah, that's Joe. I know. Oh, he's my name. Wow. Thus, the verification thing you were talking about earlier. Well, yeah. First, photo ID yep. or some kind of way to identify a person. I don't care if we go like biometric, let's scan a retina and it's in a database or use a thumbprint, something like that. Some way to identify who the voter is. Facial scan, whatever. Oh, my God. I'm just waving behind but, you, Dan. <laughs> so, ID, ID is the simplest thing that's what we're all familiar with using. When you get on a plane, you got to show ID. I need one uh, to drive a car. Right. Cash a check. Can he? Buy beer. I'm always looking for hope, and this discussion leaves me with no hope. Um, and the tendency for people like me would be to say, well, what's the point of even voting? But I think that's 100% wrong, and we need to go the other way, and we need to overwhelm the polls with voters. The only way to fight back is to get at the lazy voters, the ones who might not vote, the ones that have lost hope. We somehow have to present hope to these people and absolutely overwhelm the polling places. I don't see what else we could do, Dan. That's a pretty common response to the situation. Um, I think we've got a pretty big hurdle to overcome. And I hate, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from voting. I know there are some people that don't like my message because they fear that it will discourage Republicans from voting and it could hurt their candidates. That's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to go vote. You're right. We need to get out and overwhelm the system. It's probably a big hurdle to overcome. I used to figure that election fraud was somewhere in the two to maybe 10% tops range Mm -hmm. until the Rasmussen reports came out with a survey on people who used um, mail-in voting in the last election and found that one in five mail-in voters admitted in their survey to violating election laws. Mm -hmm. So that was a pretty concerning number, 20%. Some of those were probably just people didn't know that they were breaking the law when they did it. Uh, like they uh, signed a ballot for their spouse or something when they, mm-hmm. you know, forged a signature or whatever. 
So it, it might be kind of on the minor end of the fraud scale, but it's an indicator that there's a problem uh, with mail-in ballots there. And that's what the bipartisan uh, Carter Baker Commission found back in well, 2005, I think. Mm-hmm. That was a bipartisan organization that was set up by um, James Baker, uh, former Republican Secretary of State, and Democrat President Jimmy Carter. And they concluded together that mail-in votes were the biggest uh, source of potential fraud in our election mm. system. Wow. So, But, but um, yeah, we're overwhelming it for sure. And uh, I actually see hope every time I get a chance to get this message out and help people understand how severe our problems are in Minnesota, I think it gives us a chance to fix it. Because a lot of people have this attitude like, well, it can't be that bad. You know, I'll just mm-hmm. keep voting like I've always voted and everything seems fine. But when our legislators understand how severe it is, perhaps we can convince them to not pass anything until they get some improvements on our election system. That's what we need to do is get our legislators to boycott any new election legislation at all unless it includes photo ID. Just don't say yes to anything. Kenny? Soros, evil, diabolical, and absolute genius, um, Mm -hmm. especially in regard to the Secretary of State project. Is there a chance or has there ever been an attempt from conservatives to adopt the same kind of Secretary of State policy? None that I'm aware of, no. I would also say the left is really good at this. They are. They are really good at politics. They're really well practiced good. at it. You know, the Democrat Party has got a long association with unions. Mm-hmm. And unions, when it comes to voting, have got a pretty shady record mm-hmm. uh, themselves. I remember, um, I think it was SEIU just a few years ago, were trying to eliminate the secret ballot in uh, unionization elections. Mm -hmm. So then they would know who voted no on unionization. Mm -hmm. Now, why would they want that information, do you suppose? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And that's the kind of people that we're dealing with here. Um, Any any way to win, any way to win is what it comes down to. It seems to me that what you're offering is the, and you just said it, no voting legislation anymore unless it includes voter ID. Right. And like I said, every single legislative session, the Secretary of State comes to the legislature with a big list of things that he wants done. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell him, no, you don't get a thing on that list until we get photo ID. But you got a stacked Senate, stacked House, and a stacked governor. What chance do you have of that? Well, I mean, right now things do look pretty dire. But this is the strategy, I believe, um, is to try our best to shut everything down. No agreement on anything until we get photo ID. Because... We have a system here right now in Minnesota, we on the left and on the right can't even agree on what a fair election looks like. Mm -hmm. We have completely different opposing viewpoints on how the election system should run. Not that long ago, there was bipartisan agreement on what it should be. That's the Carter Baker Commission, for example. Bipartisan report came out and everyone pretty much was on that page at that time. But ever since then, we've been gradually drifting towards ease of access and away from integrity, where we need to have both. And it's not hard to have both. We can have both. I'm willing to compromise. We never even used to know who the Secretary of State was. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, it only became a really charged political office uh, after Soros. And of course, anytime there's a recount going on, then that yeah. becomes very important. So, All right. I have a two-part question that's going to go on like a rookie, Ed, but just bear with me. So... Is it safe to assume that when a city declares itself a sanctuary city, there's some voting uh, shenanigans probably behind it? That, that's my words, not yours. But also, what in the hell 
is going to happen come this November if all of what you're saying is going to play out the way it's going to play out? Dear well, God. There absolutely will be more non-citizens participating in our election system. Now, we hear all the time from the people who are advocates of open borders, don't worry, these people aren't allowed to vote. They're not going to vote. But this very same group of people is out there in New York and other places creating laws that allow them to vote, at least in the local elections. So their goal is to have these people vote. Do they vote now? Yes. The, the data shows that in the last few elections in the neighborhood of 600,000 non-citizens have participated nationally in our election systems illegally. In Minnesota, could, uh, could I drag an illegal alien into the polling place and vouch for him? And Super. Let, and easy. They, yeah. And they'd vote. Yes. Absolutely. No problem. And well, you, then, could do it, we're, we're you could do it more than once. You can send that same person around from polling place to polling place and find their vouch person there. The Roycey now, rule. The voter. trick, the trick, if you're going to do this, I don't want to do is, this. Is the voter fraud manual will instruct you on how to get away with voter fraud. But I tell everyone, please don't use this to actually do it. But I'll tell you how. You just don't use your real name. That's it. Because there's no ID required. So you walk into a polling place, you get someone to vouch for you, and you say, I'm Mickey Mouse. You move on to the next polling place. I'm Goofy. Next one, I'm Pluto. And I can register and vote multiple times that day, nothing's going to stop me. After the election, my ballot's already been counted. They're going to mail out those PVC cards, and they're going to find out that there is no Pluto living at 123 Main Street, and they're going to flag him to be challenged in the next election. But my ballot's already counted. The damage is already done. Right. And there's and no way. There's no way they're going to find Dan McGrath because they're looking for a guy named Pluto. Wow. This is the George Sor Soros long game. He <laughs> started this and started talking about it in 2016. And it's happening now in 2024. Right. Well, he's been at it for longer than that because America Coming Together uh, was doing this in the 2004 election. Uh, they had the vouching fraud scam going on with the people with the name tags. And that was the George Soros funded project. So this is a longer game even than you think. <laughs> We're a long wow. way from hanging chads, aren't we? <laughs> I remember that. And that, that's, that, that seems quaint by comparison to what we're dealing with in Minnesota. And this, is all, this all disturbs me because before I accidentally stumbled into this, like yourself, I thought it was a grand tradition to show up on election day to my polling place and show my ID and vote or, you know, even if I had someone vouch for me. It never occurred to me that there was a problem <coughs> with our system before. I just trusted it. And unfortunately now um, I can't. I can't trust it. Not the way it is. We need some serious reforms. Uh, COVID really amplified the, the nature of the problems that we had because they passed all huh. kinds of things by consent decree without the legislature to loosen up our system even more. Was there nice. any going on from an election Great. standpoint right before, right after COVID? I'm sorry. Like what? a presidential election? That's a, I'm sorry. <laughs> you talking about 2020. I, I, 2020, I'm, there was a pretty major election going yeah. on. Yeah. But that's when um, the, uh, the CTCL that was majorly funded by um, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. What's that mean? The Center for uh, Tech and Civic Life okay. was a nonprofit organization that funneled money directly into the offices of our election administrators. This is private money from big tech left-wing donors that they paid directly to our election offices to run our elections in a specific way. So what they wanted them to do was set up these unmonitored ballot collection boxes for early voting all over the state, but primarily in left-leaning districts. 
And along with the unmonitored ballot collection boxes, you can just bring a stack of ballots and you know, throw them in there. And this was found recently in Bridgeport, Connecticut. The mayor was elected. They threw out the primary election because his staffers were using these unmonitored collection boxes to just stuff hundreds and hundreds of ballots into them uh, wholesale. So under cover of COVID, they said, we need to do this. And they just put them up without any legislative authority. Those ballots were all collected and counted. Uh, at the same time, they had pop-up voting locations where you didn't even know where it might be. It'll show up at a supermarket for a day and then close down and pop up somewhere else. They had a van driving around and just parking like an ice cream truck and saying, bring your ballots. It's a ballot collection van. And they, you know, get to pick what neighborhood that it goes in. All that under cover of it's over. COVID. We have to do this for safety uh, so that we don't spread coronavirus. Do you vote in person? I always have voted in person. I've never voted absentee. Are you a Minnesotan? Yep, born and raised here. St. Paul, Twin, Twin Cities? Or? Minneapolis. I went yeah. to South High. Minneapolis. Wait, you don't know that you haven't voted absentee. <laughs> well, I, I, I have access to the election records, or at least I used to, and uh, yeah, I didn't find I, anything funny with my name going on. I was going to ask you that because, you know, there's always, you had mentioned the 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 people that were deceased cast a, a cast a ballot or whatever. Is there a way that family can look that up? I mean, is that is that public record? It is. Um, so you can get the public copy of the voter registration system for $46 from the Secretary of State's office. That'll include uh, everybody that's voted in the last four election cycles. So it goes back about eight years, something like that. Uh, you get their name and address, year of birth, and then their method of voting, whether they voted absentee or in person, uh, if they participated in the primary or not. Um, that that data is commonly used by political campaigns to do mailings and to do the phone calls, you know, voter outreach and things like that. Um, we used to get access to an extended version of that data that showed us who was challenged because they were convicted of a felony or because they uh, had a PVC return or whatever. But that challenge data, ever since we released our findings, has been locked down. Secretary of State isn't releasing it anymore. So we've been in a decade-long lawsuit to get access to that public information again. All right, bear with us here for a moment. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Thank you, Joe Souchere. I need to tell the fine folks that are listening to this tremendous podcast about the good folks at Zero Res. Zero Res is a local company that will come in and they will clean your carpets. They're backed with 17,000 reviews, a 4.9 rating on Google, and during the month of love, which this is the last day on Leap Year Day, they're going to offer you a great deal. The Love Your Rug Special. You could have three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $119. You're going to throw in a free hallway and your air ducts start. Take 75 bucks off and get your air ducts zero res clean. If you're a business owner, well, we'd love to tell you about zero res. Call today for your commercial cleaning estimate. The telephone number is 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or you can go online to zeroresminnesota.com and tell them that you want the rookie Love Your Rug special. It ends today. Call them right now. You'll get the special, and you'll make that appointment. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, spelled forwards or backwards, spelled exactly the same, Zero Res. I think I speak for everybody when I'm going to play this. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world. Um, haven't heard that for a long time. Are we on the air? No, we're going to break. <laughs> okay, um, we're on the break. 
we should talk a little more in depth about Steve Simon. I know the man. Whatever happened to Richie? Where did he end up? Um, he went to work for a nonprofit that had something to do with selling coffee. But I think what he's done now recently, he's gotten involved in something more, um, more political. I, I don't remember the details. Joe, bring up Simon. Uh, when he first left, he was selling coffee. Mm -hmm. Bring up Simon when we come back, Joe. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, hello, my name is Simon, <laughs> and I like to do drawings. Rook. Yes, we're not we're not singing right now. Sounds lovely. Simon says <laughs> we're not doing that. Right now. Simon says no singing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Only you didn't say Simon. Sorry, just give me a, give me one second. I'll be ready to go here. Uh, well, I'm about as depressed as I've ever been. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it, it's. I'd rather hear. Here's today's ray of hope. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah, well, it get, is. Let's, let's get a ray of hope out of it. Supposed to be positive Thursday. Oh, no. On a leap on, day. Positive Thursday. Let's go here. I, I know. I'm pulling up a bump. I'm sorry. All right. I am, uh, Is somebody doing something? No, we're not going to do Here we it. go. Gonna, okay. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Hit the power thrust button. It's Joe Suchere. There's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, <laughs> sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. We're with Dan McGrath, and by the way, you're never coming in here again. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> you're banned, Dan. This is too much to take. Nice. I'm I mean, sorry. I really want to get the real We come down here with our chins on our chest anyway, and then you lay this on us. I want to read a paragraph, uh, and then I want to ask you about Steve Simon. In 2011, you spent the entire legislative session working with Representative Mary Kiffmeyer, who had been Secretary of State for eight years and then later a state senator. And you were drafting House File 210. This has been talked about today, but let's review it. House File 210, a comprehensive election reform and voter ID bill that also involved working with attorneys from the state revisor of statutes office and reviewing every single election statute and rule on the books. Yep. 13 chapters of laws and hundreds of rules. You then testified and lobbied for the resulting bill, which was passed by both chambers, but unfortunately vetoed by Governor Dayton. Yes. We now know that you've told us that Governor Dayton vetoed it because he objected to the voter ID part. Well, yes. I mean, it was... Uh... It was a partisan position, which he just... Um, you and know. he got from... But Palenti had done the same thing, right? Right. Palenti, and to his credit, I think this is important, that if we're going to have an election system, all sides should agree on how it works. Right. Uh, so there shouldn't be partisan election bills, I don't think. No. I mean, this is something... This is important, <laughs> voter ID. So I might make an exception there. Like, I don't care how we get it done. We get this one done. Uh, but for the, you got the most no part, shot to get this done with this current crowd. It's yeah, no shot. It's unlikely. But if if we can get one chamber, one vote majority in one chamber, and shut down everything, no more passing election bills, no budget bill, until we get voter ID. And I think that's the only way to do it. They've got to be just rock solid, unflinching in that. How do you uh, how do you regard uh, the uh competency level of steve simon well competency i think the guy's very bright yeah i think he's brilliant he's, he's outmaneuvered me a few times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i don't trust him as far as i can throw him in uh, what sense um 
I, I have not found him to be an honest person in my dealings with them. Mm-hmm. And I've been disappointed when after meeting with him in good faith and coming to an agreement on how the, my organization at the time was lobbying pretty heavily for photo ID and for election integrity. And we had a fair amount of money behind us and influence. Uh, so it was important to him to get me on his side for some um, electronic changes they wanted to make with um, state-to-state database. Mm-hmm. comparisons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he knew that I was actually in favor of the change that he wanted to make, mm-hmm. but we negotiated and uh, we got vouching cut down in exchange for my support of the electronic um, uh, registration comparison system that was put up. It's called ERIC. Vouching cut down, meaning what? I can vouch for so many people. Right. So prior to that, um, the vouching law allowed one registered voter to vouch for up to 15 other people in his polling place. So you could have a van pull up and vouch for all 15 people in that van. What? We got it. We got it cut down to eight uh, with this negotiation. But there were some changes made that I did not know about and was not aware of. And when Steve Simon went to testify before the legislative committee on the bill, he invoked my name as being in favor of changes that I absolutely had never agreed to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was... I was steaming mad. <laughs> when, what does it currently stand? I can vouch for eight people? Now eight people, yes. Now, Canada has vouching, but you can only do it for one other voter. Mm-hmm. That seems a little bit more reasonable to me. If you look around the world. I don't think vouching for anyone is reasonable. It's not great. But if you look around the world, like we're the only country really that doesn't have a photo ID requirement to vote. This is a standard thing in every industrialized nation. England, an exception. There's certain parts of England where you don't need photo ID, but all of Europe, Mexico, Canada, they all require ID to vote. And they would think, you know, it's crazy not to. Well, you get far enough out into the UK and a little town in Scotland, they all know each other anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true in, yeah. in some in some of the more quaint areas. Uh, Northern Ireland is an exception where they do require ID there, but you can mm-hmm. see, you know, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of... Um, They've had some trouble. Controversy yeah. exactly yeah. what they call it, the troubles right. in Northern Ireland. Now, Steve Simon, before he became Secretary of State, had been getting groomed for that position. He was on the elections committee. Mm-hmm. So leading up to his election as Secretary of State, I'd been dealing with him on a pretty much daily basis while I was down lobbying the legislature. Mm-hmm. And the guy is charming. He's friendly. Mm-hmm. He always smiles. Uh, and then he stabs you in the back, like mm-hmm. I say. And mm-hmm. he advocates for his horrible uh, policies and he mm-hmm. lies about his reasonings for them for opposing you know, photo ID. When we um, were unable to get access to the data that we needed to continue our research in this, he um, we went to court, we sued, we won. Judge Jennifer Frisch said that he has to give us access to the data and found his reasons for not getting giving it to us nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Then he appealed, and a tribunal of judges agreed again unanimously that he had to give us the data. Mm-hmm. But he persisted in holding, withholding this data and draining our bank account for mm-hmm. legal fees and lawyers uh, and brought it finally to the state Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And the state Supreme Court agreed with the Secretary of State's position mm-hmm. that he has the right to decide whom to share the data with. Jesus. So if it's a, someone that's a friend of his, he's allowed to give the data to them. But if he doesn't like you... He doesn't have to give the data to you. And that is the Supreme Court's decision just a couple of years ago. So we're locked out from getting any more of this data to do this was, research. Was that race close, the Simon race? Because I know that he ran against a denier, right? Didn't, what was her name? I can't remember. Oh, it's a, but that particular race was close, was it not? 
Well, Kim, Kim Crockett. That's it. Yeah. Um, Kim Crockett. Recently, most recently, ran against Simon. Um, before that, was it John Howe? I think okay. was wow. the Republican candidate uh, when he first ran because it was going to be an open seat. Richie vacated the seat and left it left it open. Can you leave us with a ray of hope? <laughs> Hold on. Here's today's ray of hope. You're on the spot. There we go. <laughs> Try to balance this out now, guys. This is my ray of hope that people are learning about the problem and that's the first step to getting it fixed. So I, I want, I want people to contact the legislators and tell them lock it down until we get voter ID and it's not insurmountable. Um, it's not and, racist either. <laughs> it certainly isn't in my view. Um, the ray of hope is that we can still overcome this. It's uh, it's a temporary setback for us here in Minnesota. We, we can fix it. Did Minnesota ever have voter ID? No, there's never been a requirement to show photo ID in Minnesota. And how many states also? Prior to the advent of our electronic uh, voter registration system, we barely kept records <laughs> on wow. people voting uh, anyway. But it was, but it was more, a different world. It people. was more community-based voting right. you know, back then. So, yeah, you knew your neighbors and, and that kind of thing. Uh, it's become more complex. I, I didn't catch that question. Well, Dan, I appreciate your visit. We're we're going to have to include you now in our database of experts we turn to. Well, you know, I'd be happy to help you out with uh, with anything that I can. Uh, we got to get this. We got to get this fixed. Yeah, don't worry. When we screw it up again, he'll send us emails. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Don't be shy. We'll try not to drive you crazy. <laughs> so, Joe, that, that was maybe a little harsh. No, that was fine. <laughs> no, no, we're going to lean fine. on you. You fine, know we're yeah. going to lean on you. When so. is your apology to Mr. Pillow? Oh, what are yeah. you talking about? Jeez. Well, I mean, I'm not apologizing to that screwball. <laughs> oh. I've never brought him up. It's never come up. I well, no, yes, it's come up. Well, it's, been, it's been in the news, but yeah, I don't have anything to do with it. Okay, no, no. you don't know anything about that. I, I know nothing about it except I, I've never been this down now since. Jeez. <laughs> I believe the word is despondent. Well, this is I'm just... sorry. Joe, can I give you... No, you can't, give, you can't give me a thing. <laughs> He's going to kick you out of this. This has nothing to do with elections. <laughs> yeah. You really helped me out. You helped my whole family out. Okay. Back in the 90s, we had a fire at our family cabin. Yeah. And because of environmental regulations that had been passed before the fire... Right. They left us with negative space because we had to be set back from the shoreline and set back from a road so far that it left us no room to rebuild. Right. And it was an outrage to me that this family tradition of ours was gone forever. I wrote you a letter about yeah. it. You read it on the air. And two days later, the Crowing County Board reversed their position. And let us rebuild. Well, what the hell? Who the I, hell did you pay off? I was you worth saved, something. You yeah. saved our cabin. Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad that worked out. Why don't you invite him over for the weekend? Yeah. Come on up. Are you going to bill him for that one? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> well, All right. then, you know what? You get this then. Here's today's Here's one. That's what we're looking for. All right. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks, right. guys. So before we uh, head to our break, let's tell you uh, about welter heating. The temperature is going up and it's going down. You don't know whether you need to turn your heating unit on or your air conditioner. Okay, you're not going to turn on your air conditioning, but Welter Heating can get that machine ready for whatever kind of weather is just around the corner. They're a local company serving the Twin Cities metro area for the last 120 years. There's four generations of Welter family, and when you call during business hours, the phone is answered by a human being. 612-825-6867, 612-825-6867. 
Go to their website, welterheating.com, click on the blog, and you just might have your question answered for free. Uh, there's a Q&A there. It's very helpful if you don't know what you're doing. If it's making funny noises, don't leave it to chance. No rolling the dice on this one. You can win. Be a winner. Hit doubles with welterheating.com. That's air condition or heat your shelter with Ray and Welter. Um, you know where Pelican Lake is, Bridge Point? Yeah. For southeast corner, that there's a little lake called Marquis. Yeah, we're on uh, Bay Lake. Where Rutgers is on Bay Lake, just north of Mille Lacs. Okay. Yeah. So in the vicinity. Yeah. In the All Brainerd right. Lakes area. All right. Thanks, place. Dan. Oh, my hey, thanks for having me on. I you bet. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Hey, I, I brought you guys out. some homework. Okay. I'll read voter <laughs> fraud. Yeah. Although I'm as depressed now as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> really? Well, you got no chance with voter ID with this crowd. We just got to keep harping on them. Well, yeah, there, there are things they can do to hold up, muck up the process. If we can really get Republicans in the legislature to take it seriously, they could put some pressure on to get something done. Incremental progress. It's an absolute lie to not have it. There's no reason to not have it. Well, yeah. All right, Rook, you got Dan? Yeah. Where are you parked in front? Yep. Uh, Rook will give you the secret way out. Okay. We'll save you some Somebody time. will vouch for you. Thank, Thank you very nice much. You. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Take care. Yeah, it was a pleasure to meet Chris? you. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. And, uh, can they see me? Yeah, they can. <laughs> They're way yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yep. It, it's, it's over, right? Seriously. How, how can you have any shred of optimism based upon what he just told us? <laughs> you guys ever read about the 1960 presidential election? Because <laughs> Kennedy yeah. didn't, didn't win that. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And that, yeah, you're so right, John. That's one of my pet topics. This is not exactly new stuff. But I, I understand. Yeah, yeah that, that I get and I understand it, but the, 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 what am I trying to say? But the problem to me was, and that's why I asked the question about people throwing stuff up against the wall, like Carrie Lake and Donald Trump. Yeah. It's all you do is you harm your own argument. You defeat yeah. your own cause. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the part that drives me nuts. So just, you know, deal with the issue. I don't see a lot of reason for optimism. <laughs> Maybe I'm just an optimistic guy. Hey. Well, you're a moron then, because uh, <laughs> this, with this crowd in the legislature, they're not going to get. Oh, I don't uh, think in Minnesota you got any shot. Nah, no whatever. shot at all. No, none but, whatsoever. Okay, but then then amplify that. How many other states? I mean, California you could say the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's, uh, there, I, I was looking it up when he was here. There's 36 that require voter ID. Okay. 36 states. Which is, you know what? 50, you know, it'd be interesting. Which ones are not besides us? I actually had a map up. I could have told you, uh, but it, wouldn't it be interesting? What what way those states swing politically? Swing, hey now. Mm -hmm. And right. the other problem is, and I didn't want to bring this up on the show because I'm sure it might be seen as a media thing. Every story I can find about problems with uh, cheating in the last election, it was Republicans, not Democrats. Good, not enough. We need more cheating. <laughs> there you go. This is like See? racing. 
Uh, it's not she, cheating unless you're caught. It's that's she, the rule in racing. I just think the left is just better at politics. Yep, they, they are. They it's, work harder. It's what they do for a living. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, Soros has got to be one of the world's most evil person people. Uh, that's I ever. just, I just can't imagine at his age he wants to bring chaos. Yeah, it's too late for him that. to benefit. In for a penny, in for a pound. Chris, you wanted states that no ID is required, correct? Correct. Yeah. Washington, state of Washington, they're Oregon. as liberal as you can get. Yep. Oregon, they're as liberal as you can get. California, of course, liberal as you can get. Nevada. Don't know a thing about Nevada. Uh, New Mexico. Yeah. Nebraska. Minnesota. Nebraska, everybody that votes in Nebraska knows each other. Minnesota. I just read a book about Charles Starkweather. There's a lot of Nebraska information in there. Yeah. Uh, Illinois. That's Jesus it. That's Christ. a screwed up state. Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. New York. Oh, that's dreadful. Vermont, Maine, and New Jersey. Those are the ones with requiring well, no ID. Case closed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to go find eight uh, people and uh, drag them in with me. Come hey, with this me. is Manuel. This mm-hmm. is Ah. Uh, this is mm-hmm. Abdul. This is uh, Abdullahi. Uh, waka waka. Are you this is talking Dr. that uh, and Rick. Yeah. And You're talking Rick. that funny yeah. accent too. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, sure. Uh, are we going to John? Yes. Oh, I better pull up some news then, huh? So, because we already did three, and we only have yours and uh, actually just you. I'm writing today. That's that's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, mm-hmm. So, we, Johnny, we just need a news segment. No, uh, no, co- no, commercial. no, no break. Yeah, because we whatever did it's called. What do we call those things? A break. A break. Give me a yeah. break. And there will be no ad. We'll just go right to Johnny. I still have renewal left. Right. Right. Do that today. John, you got the news of the uh, surplus? I do. That's my lead story, Joe. Good. On rally east. You know what, Johnny? You should have done that when we were doing the show. Because I bet there's other people interested in that. The number of state the number of the, the states that don't require voter ID. Oh. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, well, I could do it now. I mean, sure. We ready, Joe? You know what I'm saying? Yes. This runaway <laughs> freight train of depression? Yes. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. So we're just not doing Positive Thursday anymore? Is that what I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, I, I still would like to get a few positive items into the uh, show today, yes. All right. Um, I think I'm in the doctor store. (laughs) Here's John Knight. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, I believe I do some news now. Uh, This news will be brought to you by North American Banking Company. And Chris, you were asking about states with uh, no ID requirement to vote. So I thought I'd do that first, not as a news story, but uh, just to let the folks know. uh, No ID is required in Washington, Oregon, California, and Nevada in the West, uh, New Mexico, Nebraska. Of course, Minnesota, Illinois, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Maine. Those are the states that do not. I'm surprised by Nebraska for some reason. Ah, they all know each other. (laughs) What do those, uh, do 
those states have anything in common? Yeah, they're all pretty uh, pretty lefty. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm sure that's purely a coincidence. Nebraska is? Nebraska's well, not. Yeah, but the rest are. Yeah, but Nebraska's not. Man, I'm going to look up Nebraska election results just out of curiosity. I just, uh, I just read a book about Charles Starkweather. That was was in much... cold blood in Nebraska or Kansas? That was Kansas. That was Kansas. Starkweather yeah. was Nebraska. Him That's and his right. girlfriend. That, well, that's right. I don't know. The purpose of this book was to explain she wasn't really part of it. But anyway, have, you don't want to hear about the guys, book. Have you spent any time in Nebraska? I tell you, if you're there longer than 24 hours, the urge hits you. I don't know what it is. To kill people? Anyway, or... The urge hits you. Yeah. What? Eh, you know. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Uh, President Trump did carry the state of Nebraska. He was down from the 2016 um, election. Just FYI. look, GLers. There's, there, there's an undeniable truth here. The left is not only good at politics; they work harder at it than anybody. That's what they do for a living. They've never worked at anything except this. They're very good at it, and it makes the job all the tougher to get a, an election law that everyone can agree with. And how can you, at the, after what you just heard from Dan, how can you dispute that this is what the open border crisis is all about, right? Are we all in agreement on that? Well, I, I don't know if it's all about, but it's sure going to have ramifications. It's a grand design. Yeah, uh, John, are you going to do the news? I am. I'm just thinking aloud, or not aloud. I'm thinking quietly. In uh -huh. other news, no, in news in general, Minnesota's <laughs> latest state budget forecast shows a modest increase from November's forecast, but still signals a possible deficit. We are that taxed too highly. That forecast released this morning shows a current surplus of $3.715 billion. They'll That's blow that, John. That's up from the previous forecast of $2.4 billion, an increase of roughly $1.3 billion, according to Minnesota's management and budget. The MMB announced in early December they estimated the state's projected surplus at $2.4 billion. That was up by around $800 million from May. However, the office projected at that time that nearly all of its surplus would be wiped out by increased spending in the coming biennium if lawmakers don't make any changes. Well, today, the state's report still says spending is projected to exceed revenue through the 2027 fiscal year, despite making improvements to the structural budgetary balance. According to the report today, growth is expected to continue through 2027, partly due to higher collections this fiscal year that have raised the biennium forecast for all major tax types. The state says corporate tax revenue is showing the most change and spending estimates remain mostly unchanged from November. More than 1,000 educators from across Minnesota are expected to rally at the Capitol today as they demand better pensions. It's supposed to happen late afternoon around 4 o'clock. It comes as St. Paul teachers have set a strike date and several districts across the state continue to negotiate contracts with teachers. Several unions representing educators are asking for better pay, adding they believe it'll help the teacher shortage. Educators are calling for legislation this session that would improve pensions for not only teachers, but licensed staff, administrators, and superintendents. St. Paul City Council yesterday passed $45.1 million for streets and parks and recreation center projects. The projects will be paid for using that city's new 1% sales tax. Parks and recreation projects. You mean the least diverse council in the history of the world? Ah, that's them, yes. Mm -hmm. Parks and rec 
projects included in the budget include $31.4 million to address maintenance of park buildings, athletics fields, and downtown parks. It'll also include design work for future projects like the Eastside Community Center and the River Balcony. The breakdown for the $31.4 million is as follows. $10.4 million to revitalize fields, play areas, courts, parking lots, trails, water features, and sidewalks in the park system. $10.4 for critical deferred capital maintenance needs. $7 million for implementing the first phase of Como Park Zoo and Conservatory to geothermal. $3.2 million to revitalize downtown parks. And four hundred and ten dollars to advance design work for the River Learning Center, River Balcony Park Green Space at Hillcrest and other projects. Huh. A crowd of pro-Palestinian demonstrators staged a protest last night in St. Paul, calling on Governor Walls to divest state funds from Israel. They assembled outside East Cliff, that's the Mississippi River Boulevard property, on loan to the state from the University of Minnesota while the governor's residence is under renovation. The mansion is usually home to the U of M president. While most of the protesters stayed on the sidewalk, some crossed over the picket fence onto the lawn. Those folks were arrested and detained. Minnesota State Patrol spokesperson Lieutenant Jill Frankfurth said about 100 people were in attendance. The 14 people who jumped the fence, 12 women and two men, were cited for trespassing. I'm surprised they knew that the governor was in residence at Eastcliff. <laughs> Would not have surprised me if they went to the Summit Avenue residence right. where he has not been. As the state sinks, God knows how many millions of dollars into that dump. Star Tribune reporting non-alcoholic beer flowed in the Twin Cities this dry January, with consumers spending more than ever on the beverage option that's steadily growing in popularity in the state and all around the country. Uh, this January, Twin City shoppers spent more than three hundred twenty grand on NA beer options. That doesn't seem like much, but that's an increase of forty-two percent over January sales last year, according to NIQ. Nationwide, non-alcoholic beer spending increased by about 34% in 2024. Overall, brewers don't see dry January going anywhere, and they say they'll continue offering inclusive options as well as wellness concerns continue, uh, as wellness concerns, excuse me, continue to trend and more people limit their alcohol intake. Slowly but surely, the uh, non-alcoholic beers are getting better. Yep. Really? Slowly cool. but surely, there'll be no more O'Doul's. Get rid of that yeah. swill. I just read a piece, oh, and I don't remember the large, but they're sinking millions and millions of dollars into a new non-alcoholic program for that very reason. Here? No, uh, I, I, I don't want to. You might have read the Wall Street Journal had a glowing piece about yeah, an outfit called Athletic Brewing. That's it. That's the one and I read. They, oh, that's what I found. It's okay. just wonderful stuff. There's a former hedge fund manager, left the hedge fund business, found himself a brewer and said, let's take care of this problem. Huh. I need me a good beer. <laughs> I need something that tastes like beer. And Athletic Brewing brews a beer that tastes like beer, no alcohol. Got it. Cool. The longer version of this story also said most local breweries, not only in Minnesota, but everywhere around the U.S., are uh, putting efforts into having an N.A. beer. Yeah. Well, God love you, Surly. Uh, I, w I used to be your, you've suffered a financial loss in my absence. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really, I really love you, but you have failed miserably on your efforts to come up with a, no, a non-alcoholic beer. It's absolutely dreadful. Mm. Not drinkable joe here for yep that's me and i was a big fan of surly in the red can what yeah. about the summit one uh summit has one called uh 
Nialis. Nialis that is not bad. It's a contender. Okay. It's a contender. Did you ever try the Sierra Nevada I asked you about? No, but I meant to because I saw it on the shelf the other day. I'm going to try it. Is it an IPA? They have an IPA and a golden. Uh, I drink the Golden IPA. Path or something, or uh, Trail Nature pass. Trail, or, Trail uh, Pass. I think got my scooter running or something. <laughs> IPA Trail Pass. <laughs> yeah. In national and international headlines, the Supreme Court yesterday agreed to take up the issue of whether former President Trump can be criminally prosecuted for his efforts to overturn the 2020 re-election loss, setting up a historic case that tests the limits of presidential immunity. The court won't deal with it until April, probably no decision until summer. So the advantage would go to President, uh, former President Trump in this case, pushing the decision back until close to the election before there could be a case. Most legal pundits have said they don't see Trump winning the case with a number of both conservative and liberal law experts expressing surprise that the Supreme Court would even take the case up. Meanwhile, a New York appellate judge on Wednesday refused to halt collection of Trump's $454 million civil fraud penalty while he appeals, leaving the former president less than a month to pay the sum or secure a bond covering the full amount he owes. Judge Anil Singh of the state's mid-level appeals court rejected Trump's offer of a $100 million bond instead of the 454 although he did give Trump leeway that could help him secure the necessary bond before New York Attorney General Letitia James seeks to enforce the judgment starting on March 25. Vladimir Putin is warning the West that they're in danger of being nuked. He did that during his annual State of the Nation speech. More than a two-hour-long speech. How about that? How'd you like to sit through that? I would, no. want to. I would say yet. Yeah. <laughs> More than a two-hour-long speech, Putin accused the West of trying to destroy Russia as he vowed to fulfill Moscow's goals in Ukraine. All of this coming about two weeks before the election, where, of course, he'll be reelected with about 99% of the vote. Speaking before an audience of lawmakers. <laughs> you and think they need voter ID That low, huh? <laughs> They need voter ID to make sure they know who to execute in case they don't vote for him. Speaking speaking before an audience of lawmakers and top officials, he also lashed out at the U.S., claiming it's trying to defeat Russia and drag us, in his words, into an arms race. Tributes poured in yesterday from actors, musicians, showbiz types, friends of all uh, type for comedian and actor Richard Lewis, who died from a heart attack at the age of 76. Lewis, best known lately for his role on Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm, he and David were lifelong friends. A post from David praising Lewis on X. Lewis was one of the new kids of stand-up in the 1980s. Much of his work focused on his own anxieties and his neurotic outlook on life. Younger comics posting yesterday talked about how he encouraged them and the help he gave them. Lewis also did some acting. He and Jamie Lee Curtis starring in four seasons of the sitcom Anything But Love in the late 80s and early 90s. He had parts in over a dozen movies and had smaller parts in lots of television shows. He was Again, brilliantly neurotic. He was brilliantly he was fantastic on Curb. Yeah, uh, yeah, he really yeah. was. Yeah. I didn't realize he was 76. I thought he was younger than that. He and Larry are both 76. They were born three days apart in the same hospital. Yeah. Wow. Friends There's, since they were, what, 13 or 14? Yeah. There's a uh, video clip of uh, Larry David and the crew out golfing. And he, he doesn't want to play into the guys. 
if you rewatch that, when the guy gets hit in the back and goes, oh, and yeah. it falls, and then they turn around, like, I can't believe I hit him. It's just, they all say, you can't hit, you're not going to hit him that far. You can always tell, too, if he's a if he's a guy, based upon the reaction from people on whether it's social media or whatever. He must have been a great, a great yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I I didn't realize, I guess I should have figured it out, a lot of these segments with uh, he and Larry David on Curb uh, were not written. They were improvised. Uh, they would oh. take one direction and just go. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah there was one where <laughs> they're at a party and a, a guy comes up to Larry David and says, oh, hi, uh, Mike. Yeah, here's, I want you to meet my friend uh, Richard Lewis in the, in the spike. I go, yeah, and uh, and he walks away, and David says uh, he's he's practicing silence, and uh, and Lewis apparently making it all up. Said, "What the bleep was that? Is the guy a mime? What what what?" Is, and, and Larry David starts laughing, and you can tell that that Lewis got him laughing. It's like a puppet. He doesn't even have anything. He should take a puppet with him in his car to practice. <laughs> Oh, Wendy's says it has no plans to increase prices during the busiest times at all restaurants. Why is this all coming up? Well, the comments from the CEO, Kirk Tanner, the other day made it sound like they'd try dynamic pricing at Wendy's restaurants. And boy, did they get filleted over this. They certainly did. What does uh, that mean? They charge you more during rush hour? Surge pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Surge well, pricing. A bunch of yep. BS that is. Yeah, uh -huh. prices rise and fall with demand using the business model. Uh, everybody's been using it from Uber to, uh, well, Ticketmaster's fleeced concert oh, goers in recent years. Hotels. 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 Yeah. Yep. God, I hate it. It should be the opposite. They should charge you more when there's nobody around. Well, see, and now Wendy's, that's kind of what they're saying. They're saying, no, we want to put up the digital boards not to charge more when we're busy. We want to give you deals yeah. when it's busy so yeah. you can come well, in and, and buy. You know. I got news for the consumer. This is going to happen eventually. That was my reaction when I saw this. I mean, it, right now, if you, I go to McDonald's, for instance, to go get food, for, and this isn't me ripping McDonald's, it's twice as expensive as it was five years ago. You shouldn't even eat that crap. It causes brain Easy Mishki. Sip, sip Easy Mishki. Are they with us? Zip it. Wendy's? Yeah, no. no, I'm just I'm just saying Wendy's in general, is this is across the board. This isn't any one retailer. It's just I love McDonald's. There you go. I think we were talking there Wendy's. Two years, Wendy's. buddy. Well, Clem, Two years. Clem, where did you guys stop on the road? McDonald's. Uh, actually, we stopped at a Hardy, the Wendy, Taco Spell. McDonald's. Arby. McDonald's. The Arby. The McDonald's. 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 Taco Spell. <laughs> That's my favorite. Taco Spell. You know, for Taco some spell. reason, I just burst out laughing this morning, and I'm blaming you because I thought of this. Hey, nobody has on their podcast a guy that can imitate a college basketball coach from the 80s. Okay? That hasn't been around for. But when you said Anya Marks, I don't know why I... <laughs> Well, that was his sister. Well, they honor, yeah, yeah, they honor her was before that every race. Sister? Yeah, Anya Marks. Well, then there was the guy. Was it from Latvia? Vacha? Yeah. What was that one? Vacha Eaton. Vacha Eaton. Eaton. Uh -huh. Hey, uh, John, do you have the girls? Um, <laughs> the U of M basketball score from last night. It was one one hundred one to sixty six or something yeah. like that. I, I, I watched fifteen minutes of it and thought. 
this is ridiculous. And I stopped watching it. She it was had, like the globe trotters wherever she wants. Right. It's the globe trotters against the generals. Yes. It was so bad. <laughs> exactly. Or it's like trying to fight your older brother and he just has his arm extended on your forehead and you just swing You're swinging away. away. Right. <laughs> only Pete Maravich is only Pete Maravich is left. And she's what? 15 points behind him for the all time ever male or female scoring leader in college. Yep. Well, and uh, th- she's uncanny. It yeah, just, she's it, good. She must practice a lot. She stood in the driveway a hell of a long time when she was 10. After dark, even. Wow. Yeah. You could hear that ball banging against the boards, and there are people down there in Iowa said that must be Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Caitlin out there. Got Southern accents in Iowa? Talk like that, but yeah, why would she be from Southern Iowa? Where's she from? Well, Royce, he told us because he went and did a story on her. She's from Iowa. I know that. Uh, hold on. I'll look at it. I got it. it. I'll look. She must have practiced a lot. You think so? Yeah. On the jump shot? Everything. She can do anything. She, <laughs> she can was pass. Des Moines. She's from Des Moines. She can pass. She can shoot. She can do everything. Dowling Catholic High School. All right. She's, She's a, a fish, eater. fish eater. What? What? <laughs> Wow. John, thank you. Where do you get the fish? Uh, it just know. happened. Yeah. I don't know. Not eating that carp. <laughs> well, uh, take a break here. A bull, gonna... You don't want the bullhead sandwich? No. Um, I will take a break right after thanks to their sponsorship of John Heights News, North American Banking Company. I got to go there later today to finish up signing some documents because we crunched the numbers. Listen. If you're tired of just being a number with your big national bank, I cannot recommend them highly enough. They take the time to get to know you, your family, your business, and they want to be a solutions-based company. And that's exactly what they did for me and my family. And they'll do the exact same thing for you. When they first opened back in 1998, they made a promise to deliver a better banking experience for their customers where you know your banker and they know you. And while a lot has changed since then, this commitment to being a true community bank in the Twin Cities, that has not. You can see them at any one of their six Twin Cities locations, Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their brand new location over there in Maple Grove. And they offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but you are going to get the unparalleled service of a community bank. Visit their website today, nabankco.com to learn more. That's nabankco.com. It's banking done differently. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. You jackass. (laughs) (laughs) I remember him sending those books. Now, he sent sent one for all of us. Probably the- I'm probably going to read it now because his information was fantastic. I mean, depressing as hell, but. Well, think of that. Uh, <clears throat> Coleman Franken race. 312 votes. And what didn't we? 6,000, he said. 6,000 people were not. I know, but that race was 312 votes. Right. But that was the one where they had returned. Those 6, Wasn't there 000. some guy driving around with ballots in his trunk? Yeah. Mr. Frank, but look at how that say. just changed everything. Oh, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. No. You know. <laughs> yes, but you did get in a little trouble, Mr. Franken. Uh, yeah, come in Rangoon. Uh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> that looks pretty innocent compared to yeah. I was just, yeah. you took the words out of my mouth. 
compared to what's going on now. Um, maybe there are some. Oh, what? Oh, I just stopped mid sentence. Okay. Maybe there are some pretzels in the bar car. <laughs> and then there was the scene, right, uh, Mr. Franken, with the uh, with the large ape. Yeah, and that one kind of hurt uh, Banks' beaks. Uh, that one over there must be the female. <laughs> I believe that was some of your finest acting, sir. Yeah. Better than Stuart Smalling. I don't like your voice, Al. Yeah. What's he doing now? Laying low. Yeah, I just saw him on something. Actually, he told a great story about Ted Cruz. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was like a political. Well, let's go here. I'm, just for the the I'm ready to go here. Joe, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's do this, <laughs> Leroy. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Uh, Mark writes about the events of yesterday in Burnsville. I was late for an appointment for the first time in my life. I knew that the funeral procession from Grace Church was going past my neighborhood east on Pioneer Trail to 169 South to 13 through Savage in Burnsville, but I was too stupid to look at what time it was. As I pulled out of my work in Burnsville, reality hit. All traffic was stopped crossing 13. As I drove west on 13, I turned my dash cam to the left so that it could pick up what I was seeing. People up on the overpasses in the cold wind with American flags. People lined the roads. Cars were pulled into the ditches and stopped in the right-hand lane to watch in video, not tape. There is no longer tape. The procession going by. When I got to Pioneer Trail, I couldn't cross the bridge to my haircut appointment, so I went east, then north and west across the bridge farther north. I then drove south, and the traffic wasn't moving, so I parked in a neighborhood and walked the last half mile or so to my haircut appointment 20 minutes late. The place I, where I had my haircut was on Pioneer Trail, where the procession was driving by, and the parking lot was full of people watching and video, videoing, so I was glad I walked that half mile. There was one other customer in the place because no one could get there, and the other customer wasn't even going to try to leave. All of this to say, I hate Minnesota so much less today than I did a week ago. Maybe there is hope. That's, well, wait till you hear today's show. That's a positive Thursday, though. That's why I read it, Matt. Yep. Switch, I, I watched the entire procession from start to finish, hello. and it really did boost my love for our, our people. Um, and I really hope the likes of uh, Mary and uh, the governor saw all the support that law enforcement had. I timed it, my rough timing, from the time the very first car in the procession got on southbound 169 at Pioneer Trail to the last car getting on, by my timing, was 70 minutes. Wow. The um, we route. were wondering if the governor made an appearance, and it is our understanding that he did. He was at Grace Church, yeah. right? Yeah. Correct. I drove leaving here down to Faribault, then over to my niece's basketball game in Byron. Between three and five, I saw I can't tell you how many different squads from all over the state driving that particular route. 
You know, who's your nugget guy when it comes to the Super Bowl? What's up, nugget? Now I'm going to be your nugget guy for Leap Day. Okay. Oh, Give me a nug. Give me a nug. Julius Caesar introduced the first leap year around 46 BC, and people born on Feb 29 are called leaplings. Did hmm. you know that? I did not know that. The rules for determining when a leap year occurs are not simple. Every year is divisible. Every year divisible by four is a leap year, but every year divisible by one hundred is not a leap year, unless the year is also div divisible by four hundred. Then it is still a leap year. You lost me. I'm done with that one. What? In Taiwan, it's believed the elderly are more likely to die during a leap year. For this reason, Taiwanese daughters return home on leap day to cook pig trotter noodles, a mm. dish made with pig's feet for their parents, which is thought to bring them good fortune and health. Mm. In Ireland, tradition says that men cannot refuse a woman's marriage proposal on leap day. Perhaps that explains why the Irish men were so desperate, desperate to get smuggled into America. Le Bouget de Chapeur is a French satirical newspaper launched in 1980 that is only published on Leap Day. Huh. Named after a comic book character born on Leap Day and claims the title of at least frequently pub of the least frequently published newspaper in the world. Now here's another pig's feet one. In Greece, eating pig's feet on Leap Day is considered good luck. It is considered bad luck for the pig. But I'm bump. Gotcha. Hey. The Earth's orbit changes slightly over time, and in about 4 million years, leap days will be unnecessary. The calendar will contain exactly 365 days for a time, so we've got that going for us. Mm -hmm. It's provided by Tim, who does the Super Bowl Nuggets. Rapper Ya Rule, Dinosaur, Cam Ward, famous leap day birthday people. What's your favorite Tony ja Robbins? Don't know. Hmm. You know that uh, only because they come to us all the way. Dennis uh, Farina, Leap Day. Is brought to us by Renewal by Anderson. Now listen to this. Money Kiffin. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Steve Brule. We used to use a lot of Dennis Farina cuts on the show, remember? Yeah. Good morning, Mayor. Today, Feb 29 <laughs> is the, the heart. day. Every four years, when you can share the traveling Lyman's extremely interesting this day in history feature, without fear of the crack GL staff berating you, saying these are the same historic events you shared just last year. Oh, I look yeah. forward to each podcast to hear these historic nuggets. In addition, since this day in Minnesota is now sponsored by Renewal by Anderson, I would like to share our story. The CP and I had all of our windows and patio doors replaced by Renewal by Anderson in our Arizona home over the past year. The fit and finish that you have described is spot on, clean, tight fit, weatherproof, and more. The teams who do the installation are highly trained to remove our old windows and install the new Renewal by Andersons, taking great care to protect our home and leave it clean and dust-free. One day or less installation is typical. As you said, the window and patio doors are the highest quality on the market and fit tight, protecting us from the heat here in Arizona, just as they protect homes in Minnesota from the cold. They save on heating and cooling, not only because of the tight fit, but the high-tech glass and insulating layer of inert gases keeps the sun's heat and damaging UV rays down too. 
But the greatest benefit in my book is the beauty from the inside and out. Our old windows were fogged, had bars running across them, and heavy sunscreens, all of which ruined our views. The difference is dramatic. We now have our views back. He sent me about 12 photos of their mm. place in Arizona. The attached before and after photos tell the story. I consider renewal by Anderson Windows an investment in our home and will increase its value down the road. All the best to you and the GL gang. Proud member of the Royal Order of the 21sters, Mike, just a bit outside Phoenix. And in the summer, he goes to Duluth. That's your Renewal by Anderson for today. Go to renewalbyanderson.com backslash garage logic or call Renewal by Anderson at 651-705-6931. And only because they come to us all the way from, uh, uh, look at this now, the Lyman's want to weigh in. With the lake home front yard backyard discussion, as a former Lakeshore homeowner, I agree with you. Lakeshore is the front yard. Our lake home was on a peninsula with water on both sides. So I guess we had two front yards and no backyard. <laughs> on the February 27th <laughs> podcast, an emailer wrote about every homeowner drives into their driveway in the front of the house. Not true. Then he drive in the alley, then their driveway, then the garage, entering the house in the back door. Tom Lyman, was... Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. Wasn't that Bill? Yes. It, it was, was Bill. Tiny. It was yeah, tiny. yeah, yeah. Oh, I just came undone. You've been chastised, Stein. I can't. Uh, oh, no. Here it is. Yeah, you We're going to get her. We're going to punch you. We're We're be we can, we can talk about him now. He can't hear us. Uh-oh. On this you. day. On this day. February 29th. Yeah, it's been a while since you heard these. Niner. On this day in 1844, Al Cyber was born in Germany. I remember that. Cyber moved to Minneapolis in 1856, joined the 1st Minnesota Volunteer Infantry Regiment in 1862, and after the Civil War became an Army scout in the American West. He was wounded 29 times in combat and was killed during construction of the Roosevelt Dam in 1907. You know, you only hear that one every four years. Right. right. Bring it back. On this day... (laughs) Two, in two, 1868, nine. the first issue of the St. Paul Daily Dispatch was published. The newspaper appeared in various editions until 1984 when it merged with the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Ha. That concludes this day in history for another four years. Did you get us anything for leap year? I, mean, I didn't know there were presents involved. Yeah, you know, you know get like a card. I didn't get a card. Or are there leap day beer? cards? Car. Hearty handshake. Uh, you have my fondest personal regards. Something personal for the effort. Well, after this thoroughly depressing episode of Garage Logic, if you can't get enough, then you should join the thousands of GLers who have found us on YouTube. All you got to do is just search for the Garage Logic podcast and subscribe for near daily content, including behind the scenes content, full segments, and video shorts. That's Garage Logic Podcast on YouTube. Okay, just, you don't need me. Just put warning. Extremely. Uh, What's bleep. Dan? I, all I need is Dan's title. Dan McGrath is uh, author of the voter fraud. Just write election fraud. That's all you need. Yeah. No, I just wanted to be able to properly give him. <laughs> you want me to? He's the. Uh, okay. Well, just just 
So you just, just. I mean, that's all we did today. Right. No, I, John I, 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 I'm aware, but okay. I got it. I don't think you should have a problem. I'm going to say the single most depressing episode we've ever done. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I'm going to go right about the great disconnect between the respect for law enforcement in Burnsville and downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. It appears that, <clears throat> I don't know, John, maybe you can correct me. You have a better um, awareness of the local news than I do. It seems like Walls did not draw attention to himself yesterday. Is that correct? Yeah, not that I'm aware of. All I saw yeah. were two stories that said he was, him and Dayton were there. Yeah. Him and Mark. Oh, Dayton was there. Oh, you talking yeah. to me? Well, they're speaking yeah. to each other. Mm. Yeah, Joe did say that. Who, Joe? <coughs> He's still here. <coughs> He's on his phone. What do I, what do want? <laughs> he wants to drive you fucking crazy. <laughs> he's still here. Yeah, Joe is here. <laughs> I think he's going to write. Is he going to plug in? God, let's get him to plug in. Get him to plug okay, in. I will. I, I really got to talk yeah. to him. Just get him to plug in quick for no. Kenny. For Kenny. Come on. Kenny had something to say. I really got to talk to him. Come on. Come on. Is it Thursday? You pussy. <laughs> I hate it when he sees on? through it. Pussy. <laughs> I, I did drop an F word. So. Well. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it's like taking candy from a freaking. It really is. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> bye, Joe. <laughs> See you tomorrow, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Are you writing at the office? <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. God, he's such a dumb dumb. Oh Lord. I wish I could find because I don't remember what episode it was, the day that Joe was explaining to Patrick that the Pioneer Press no longer had an office space. Cause I thought Marty, Roy, where do you go? I thought Roycey was gonna die of laughter. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. Oh my god. No, no I, I, yeah, it was the day where Joe was trying to find was it a dictionary? What what were you looking for? He's out. Oh, he did leave. I didn't get a he chance. He was to... trying to go get a, a dictionary or something on his desk, and the right, yeah, guy his... goes, "Well, you're not here anymore." His <laughs> treasure dictionary. Yeah, that's right. And then the one that the... he carried around for years. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, the best thing to do is when I when I move his bag, oh, when he goes in to take a leak, and I'll take his bag and hide it somewhere. <laughs> Where's my effing bag? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that was funny. Yeah. All righty. Um, He's already coming do? home, by the way. Who? Pat. Yeah. Wasn't he, wasn't he home last Tuesday? No, because he was down there on Monday doing sports talk. Yeah. He, I, I thought I, he I, said he was coming home today. I thought he only did it rented for a month. I don't know. Oh, I suppose. But that yeah, place that, that he's sense. down there, at, that's just like a Jesus. resort. He never should have sold his place. I even no, offered. No, McLaren should have bought it. I offered <sighs> to be his, you know, uh, renting guy. Because well, uh, Kenny and I both have done. It's easy as Wasn't well. it? It was uh, only for old people, though, wasn't it? No, it's no. not a 55 and older. Uh -uh. But oh. McLaren was going to buy it. She ended up buying her Jeep instead. 
but Pat didn't want to sell it to her because they had that mold issue. And they had construction something, wasn't there? Construction right. And he right. said, I don't want to be part of that in case something did happen. I don't want that on my conscience. Oh. And so he we talked or he talked McLaren out of it. But that would have been so nice to have a place down there. Well, he took a bath on it too, because I don't want Well, that's what he was gonna sell it with the car. Yeah. I'm like, McLaren, yes. But he didn't want to because he didn't want to deal with the paperwork. Right. Florida's where poor people go. Hell no. Well, there's a lot of them. Miami, Naples. Uh, a guy Marco, that I may Kiko. or may not do a show with who's who has people that live down there yeah. told me that where they're living, you, you can't even drive five minutes without another something being built, residential piece. Yeah, they're building the hell out of it everywhere. Is he on Gulf side or Atlantic side? I think he's on... Well, it's Bonita Springs. What oh, that golf, be? yeah. Yeah, it's golf. I thought so. Okay. Bonita Springs is nice. Do you fly into Fort Myers? Yep, and then you go south on 75. Yeah. Wait, no, he said that on the show, didn't he? I think he did. Yo no sé, senora. But, All right, uh, fellas, I have to go back to the airport. Sounds like fun. And move you on the refrigerator. Oh, uh, Matt, I need to borrow your truck. Yeah, this move is my fridge. Right. Why do you have to move a fridge at the airport? Uh, we are changing break rooms. Big day. Uh, big day. Big day. Are the spring breakers? We're not spring breaking. It's, yet, it's a mess. I got to go in at five tomorrow. And it's going to be busy all day long. Uh, Joyce DeWitt turning 75. Oh, wow. She had the good sticks. She a drummer? Yep. Come and knock on our door. All right, I'm out, guys. Five thousand. You're up. Ciao. Your mic wasn't on. Kenny, what'd you think of Mrs. Roper flying around <laughs> in that house dress? <laughs> I became a man that day. Last day of Feb. It's March tomorrow, boys. Very excited. John, don't forget to send me news stories. I oh, did already, Chris. I was going to link to his website. Do you guys remember what it was? Like electionintegrity.com or something? I tried to write it down. I was wrong. You know what I mean? So I that book? To it. Must be. Is it M C G R A T H capital G? We learned that there's a third Dan McGrath. Were you get were you guys in here when that happened? When yeah. Joe asked him? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say electionintegritywatch.org, Chris. Election integrity, integrity watch dot org. You said correct. Yep. Okay. So help. Oh, Kenny's gone. So help me. Cause I don't want to put, here's what I was trying to explain to Mr. <laughs> yes. I don't want voter fraud in the, in it because then it's going to immediately be dismissed. You know what I'm saying? By, by certain people. So I yeah. want to, I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. phrase it differently. Uh, here's what I was thinking. 
Dan McGrath joined us in studio, period. And then I'm going to say something to the effect of explaining just how corrupt the the, the election process is that the wrong word, though? Integrity. I yeah, I'd use integrity because the way you just worded it, I think would even would also turn be more, dismissive. More okay. people away than the first group. Okay, the first thing you said. Joined us in studio. Hey, you uh, to help work on that, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. Joined us in studio to explain. Um, joined the us problems in studio. with election the the problems with election integrity. Integrity. Yeah, that would work. Okay. Joined us in studio to help. Us understand the problems with the election. Erection? No, election. What's all this talk about erections? Dot dot dot. We are effed. <laughs> I think I think you guys are a little naive. Uh, you know, if you didn't know. Well, but you know what? You know what? Honestly, do you know why it bums me out? In all seriousness, why does it bum you out? Because. I guess the way I look at it is nothing's sacred anymore. Well, but that's never been sacred. I mean, well, I, I guess that's my point. Is is there nothing we can freaking trust? No. <laughs> yeah, and that I guess that's why I'm so effing depressed about this. I think, as a citizen of the U.S., if you think we actually have any control over anything. I think you're nuts. That's that's always the way I felt. No, the way I Johnny, still feel. you're right. That I have to. Oh, just I've always. Yeah, and I have to come around to that line of thinking. I'm just insignificant and meaningless. Well, trust me, I, I know that part already. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, yeah, I mean, I don't. Sure, you do what you can to try to make yourself feel better. Like I vote to make myself feel better. Sure. Um, you know, but you know. You know. Yeah. Although, you know what will make you feel? I got a ray of hope for you. Here's today. Oh, William's up at Wolf Ridge. The, the whole thing where they go, they do zip lining and mountain. They do cool outdoor stuff. It's really neat. He's having an absolute blast. So I'm walking Leland to the bus stop. And he is just, it's sports 24-7. It's all he wants to talk about. It's all he wants to do. It's awesome. So... We're walking to the bus stop, and he said, Dad, is it going to be warm out today? Because I wasn't home last night because I drove all the way down to freaking Byron to watch my niece and her team get smoked by 35 <laughs> points. Well, because it was her last ever game. So I said, I got to go. I got to yeah, go down to her last sure. ever game. Because she even said to me when I saw, she saw me before the game, she goes, why the hell did you drive all the way down here to watch us get killed? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, because I love you. Anyway, um, so I wasn't home last night, and he goes, hey, Dad. I go, yeah, buddy. He goes, so it could be warmer out today than it was yesterday. He said, yeah, it's supposed to be, I think, close to 45, 50, something like that. And then you know what he said? What? Can we play catch after school? There you go. Oh, I'm going to speed all the way home. Speed. Yeah. Well, because normally William's home when he gets home. So that one of us has got to be there now because, you know, because he gets a little nervous if he's home by himself. Yeah. So anyway, plus he's too young. William's at least. You know, we can't. I said, buddy, we can't. You can't be trusted to be home by yourself. Hey, I used to be home by myself when I was seven. For God's it's sake. a different world. Yeah, I know it is. I'm aware of that. Um, all right, I, what was it? Give it to me again. Election. Well, I already got rid of it. Integrity yep, Watch dot org. Org. Yep. 
Yeah, 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 uh -huh, yeah. There it is. Did but you see? Did he mention? Sorry, before I forget. Did yeah. what does he? I know he mentioned he is a part-time chauffeur driver, which is actually kind of cool. What, what does he do? Is this what he does for a living? I, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So he's obviously he's got to be compensated in some way. I uh, yeah isn't yeah. I I think let me. I just was at his website, his personal website. Oh, and it said uh, our group or so. I don't know. Hey, hang on. Hey, 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 hey uh, on. I'm throwing you all off, Johnny. I apologize. All right, election. He's got the books. He can't be making a ton from that. You wouldn't think. Um, now it's gone. What the hell? God, I hate when you look stuff up and it leaves. Yep. You got to have Tim come over. Or no, what was his name? Tom. Tom. Here's a guy that just met Tom. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know, but yeah, there is a group he must, I'm assuming, get paid. Uh, it might be his group. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Here's his website. Uh, um, maybe not. Chris, I don't know. Is that pretty helpful? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, oops. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. He also writes, uh, huh, interesting. Where's your email, Johnny? There it is. I don't know. When do we start putting baseball on the television? Is that soon? Are the twins it's on? It's been on uh, MLB <coughs> every day, pretty much. Oh, it has? Yeah, okay. I think the Yankees that... are on tonight, their first night game. <laughs> oh, boy. Have you been? You've never been to their ballpark down in Tampa, have you? I have not. I've never been to Florida. It's right across the street from the Buccaneers Stadium. Oh, really? Because when I went down for the Super Bowl, when it was in Tampa, what was that? That was 2020. Because I went down and I worked a bunch of events down there. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah, made a shitload of money. <laughs> Being on the inside in the old, uh, the high end bartending scene is is good for is good for Reavers. Anyway. Um, one of the events that I worked was they had like a little, um, an outdoor, basically a pop-up bar, you know, so they just kind of built this outdoor. It was, it was really cool, but it was, uh, inside the grounds of, um, do they call it Yankee stadium? Whatever that, whatever their I don't know, park yeah. is called. But it was really freaking cool. I got to go, you know, kind of behind the scenes to grab, you know, you gotta, gotta grab stuff. It's a neat ballpark. I like it. Even though it's the Yankees, they suck. <laughs> I was just looking at odds. Are they going to be any good? Well, they're uh, the they have the uh, in odds. They're the fourth ranked team to win the World Series. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Really? Dodgers, Braves, Astros, Yankees, top four. Oh, that's just them trying to take money. There's no. They don't have the fourth best team in baseball. They don't even have the fourth best team in their own division. Huh? They're not. Hold on. They're not better in Baltimore. No, they're not better than Baltimore. And they're, they're not better than Tampa. They are better than Tampa. You said that are the they? other day, and I just let it go, but that's okay. No, well, no help me, because I thought. Well, what does Tampa have that they don't have? That's true, because they traded what's-his-name and what's-his-name that the Twins got. And then didn't they trade somebody else, too? Well, they traded Glass now. Right, that's what I was And Margot. Oh, okay, and Margot. That's, 
And did they trade um, another starter too, like a infielder or something? Well, they lost. You know, they're going to get some. going to be in jail, obviously. So. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're right. But they're, you know, they're going to replace them with some other. Well, they always, yeah, that's they always play stud. well. But in terms of players, I'd take the Yankees before them. It's just that thing where Tampa Bay goes nuts and wins a bunch of games. Is Toronto? I know they lost Chapman. Although somebody um, somebody wrote this morning, he might they might get him back because there's I no s- market for him. I saw the Giants were uh, heavily interested in him. Uh, but is t- so Toronto's obviously you don't think Toronto's better I, than Toronto will just be mediocre like okay. always. No, I, I don't. I know. I know Boston's terrible, but if the if the Yankees had one more pitcher, I'd I'd put them in the you know the highest echelon. I could. Well, they it. outside of Cole, I don't trust anybody else in the rotation. I Ron Dorn, I you know no how problem. I think about him. What about I? What do you got? Problem you got with Stroman aside from his head on occasion? Uh, I think last year he, he was great, right? But look at you can't trust him. The year before that, he was god awful. Yeah. He had, a, still, he had a nice sort of playing season, for a contract, but he had a nice bounce back. You were the Cubs last year, and yeah. then the last part of the season, he was dreadful. Uh, Schmidt was really good for the Yankees last half second oh, season. I don't He'll know, be good. what's his first name? Well, he's, he's only been a starter for two years now. You want to pay attention? I don't, I hate the Yankees. <laughs> uh, well, then stop talking like you know traded, something about him. But they traded what's his name to the Padres, they traded King, which made me very angry. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was great last year. But uh, Schmidt was good, too. Schmidt, I bet second half of the season, you know, his ERA was under three. Did they need Soto? Or was this just that they got a... Well, I think another bat definitely helps them. Yeah, okay. I don't... Uh, right. uh, the problem, I wish they could get rid of Stanton because he's just... Well, who's going to take support. that contract? Exactly. Allegedly, he's been doing a flexibility... Uh, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Flexibility as in writing another check because of oh God. <laughs> well, I remember at the time when, when the Marlins signed, I'm like, what are they doing? Why? Yeah. Well, what you really, knew just based on his body type, he's going to be a DH in two years. But, you can't play him in the outfield. Just to rub it in, they keep showing clips when he was with the Marlins and about 40 pounds less and running like a deer. And then they show him trying to score from second on a single with the Yankees, and he's out by 20 feet. Oh, my <laughs> God, like, that's Jesus. funny. Well, um, was he – he was with the Marlins. Wasn't that him that was in the home run derby when it was here? Or would he not have been – he not have been on that. He Maybe not. But that might be because I have a shit that was 10 years ago already. Yeah, it was, 2014. We're old. Because I remember the home run derby – uh, it had to have been him. I get, now I gotta look this up. I should probably post the show, huh? I didn't see Home Run Derby. I think well, I you know my, my story, don't you? Seven hundred dollars. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> that was the greatest scam I ever pulled in my life. Twenty fourteen Home Run Derby. What do we got here? What we do got? We got what do we got? Target Field. Oh no, it was Yoannis. That's oh, what I'm thinking of. That's, but no, no, I'm I'm sorry. Giancarlo Stanton was in it. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I knew. Go. Okay, I knew. I remember watching him just crushing the ball from the plush area of the Tom Paul Tavern. <laughs> God, that was great. The thing is, the I I I could have really done some damage there because everything was free. But I'm thinking, 
well, hey, I don't want to lose my job over this. And B, I yeah. got to drive home. I got to drive home. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Because um, it was, yeah, Ioannis won it. Oh, he did. He won it, really. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But, man, it was just cool watching something like that with other big leaguers. You know, like Herbeck and all those guys were in there, too. But yeah. watching them react to it like we would. Yeah. You know, because sure. they're just fans of baseball, too. It was awesome. Boy, and I could out some people for getting super hammered at that thing. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Because Dan walked in and said, looked at me. He saw me sitting at the bar and he just said, are you shitting me? He said, how the hell did you get in here? He said, charming charisma, sir. Charming charisma. <laughs> yeah, Yasiel Puig. I remember that back when he was good. Jose Batista. Oh, yeah, Brian Dozier was in it. Because remember that hometown guy. Well, I don't I think wasn't our only all-star. <coughs> our only all-star was Perky, I think. No, the catcher was too. Uh, oh, you're right, Suzuki. You're right. They, they finished the game together. That's true. Yep. Now I remember you're right, because Perky got the save at the end. Yupper doodles. Yupper doodles. Oh, Johnny, I miss baseball. Yeah. So we got Cole. I've been looking at the Yankee roster. Cole, Rodon, uh, Cortez, Clark Schmidt, and Stroman. What's Cortez's first name? Nestor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. He's pretty, he's now, pretty solid. I, he? If they could get one, like it, they were going after Montgomery, they said, I'd love that, but that's not going to happen. Okay, but I'm sorry. I'm not giving $30 million a year to Jordan Montgomery. No, me neither. Or Blake no. Snell. And I like both of them, but yeah, I, I'm not doing that. I Snell, yeah, I just. That's why I'm so sick of so. listening to that certain sports talk station that wants to bitch about not giving Sonny Gray $75 million over three years. Do you idiots realize that's that's not a good contract? Hey, you yeah, start, a, start an opening day. <laughs> just saw that yesterday. Yeah. 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 Who did he sign with? He signed with. Uh, the, the Birds. He signed with St. Louis. Yeah, he's starting opening day. I thought, didn't, oh, that's right, because what's his name is with Detroit now. The kid that was supposed to be a stud, but then became yeah, kind of Flaherty. Um, Flaherty. Flaherty, yep. I was uh, a, a bit depressed to see Brandon Crawford sign with St. Louis. I, see, I don't like that. No. I, I don't either. I hate and it. Again, I get it that, you know, you, you want to keep playing, but, dude, you can't possibly need the money. No. We must Former Mankato Moondog. Did I ever, you know that, right? Uh, you've told me that, yes. Him and Curtis Granderson, and I'm missing another one. Oh, Johnny, you and Dill, write this down. Write this you down. Guys, you guys need to look up the Mankato Moondog schedule and go to a ball game there. It's really cool. Okay. We'll it's see. really, really cool. <laughs> I suppose for you, that's got to be about a two-hour drive. Um, I'm going to be up in your neck of the woods this weekend. Oh, really? William is playing in the state basketball tournament in Coon Rapid. Yeah, not too far from me. Not too far oh, at all. Can we spend the night? Because I don't want to pay for a hotel room. No. No, I got. I won't be here. That's right. Yeah, oh, you're, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I hate saying this. They're going to get smoked. But they've worked so hard. So I'm I'm just, I'm happy for them. But I just, I want them to have, leave with a good taste in their mouth. Because yeah. he loves it. He, he didn't know, like, if he's going to enjoy. He loves playing basketball. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, buddy, we got to go this way. That basket over there. Oh, okay. 
you sure? Yeah. Well, he's just, you know, he's starting to, <coughs> he's as tall as Jess. Yeah. And so he's starting to really grow and he's just so, he's like me, He he's just a twig and he's, well, not now, I'm a fat ass now, but he's, you know, all arms and legs and just lanky and yeah. Yeah. That's but, the way Dill was, but it was lucky because Dill could have cared less about scoring, but he loved to play defense and rebound. Yeah. And that's so, what I told William. I said, dude, he's like, dad, I suck at shooting. I said, I know you do, but, but if you can, you know, hustle and you can guard somebody, you're yeah. of value to your team. Yep. Yeah. You know, they played they played in a tournament last weekend. Remember in Watertown? <laughs> Marion Ross. Marion Ross uh, is from there. And he absolutely shut down this kid. It was awesome. I, 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 I said to the, one of the other coaches, I'm like, whose kid is that? He's like, I don't know, but William's playing awesome. <laughs> just something just clicked. He just all of a sudden, be, it was it was so fun. So fun. It's I so loved fun. playing sports, but it's so much more fun watching my kids play sports. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it kind of drove me nuts actually. Oh, really? Watching them, yeah, because I, you know, I'd be nervous. Let's put it that way. Oh, really? About if you'd be, you know, playing well or not. Oh, and yeah. That, I mean, I do. There is that part of it, but I don't know. I I really enjoy it. Like even last night, you know, I knew my I knew they were gonna get killed, but because she even said, "Why why the hell did you drive all the way down here?" I don't know, because I've been watching you play since you were in freaking second grade. <laughs> I just can't yeah. believe He's a senior, man. That's just, time's got to slow down, Johnny. Chris, you're talking to a guy who's 67. I, what the hell are you talking about? I, for I, know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Hell, I'm going to be 50 in a couple of years, for God's sake. I got socks older than that. Better than you. I got <laughs> chunks of guys like you in my stool. No, what, what's the line? That's that's it. I got oh, okay. chunks of guys like you, bigger than you, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go now, Chris. Uh, 